Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blister Podcast on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, I am very happy to have Angel Collinson back on the podcast. Turns out, the last time she was on the Blister Podcast was November 8th, 2021. That was episode number 189. And I had Angel on then because she had just announced her retirement from skiing. And since that time, Angel has largely been living on a sailboat, but she has also been a regular contributor to our Open Mic series, which if somehow you have missed our Open Mic series and have missed Angel's own pieces in that series, well, you need to remedy that real quick. Because collectively, I think the pieces that we publish in that open mic series are some of the most valuable things that we do here at Blister, and that absolutely is true of Angel's own contributions to the series. And as Angel and I note in the conversation you're about to listen to, this open mic series has given she and I a lot more reason to be talking on a regular basis, and that has led us to where we are right now which is me announcing that Angel is going to be appearing regularly on the Blister Podcast in a recurring series that we are calling Deep Dives with Angel. So in this conversation, she and I will talk a bit more about what we have in mind with this new series, but what I will say for now is that we are always going to do an Ask Angel segment where you are welcome to ask Angel questions about what's going on in her own life, but we also encourage you to write in with questions about things that are going on in your own life and solicit some advice from Angel. So to that end, you are welcome to submit your questions on the social media channels. You can DM Angel or you can send a DM to Blister. You're also welcome to send us an email at info at blisterreview.com and maybe just have in the email title, Ask Angel. So that is our plan. And then in this conversation today, we use this as an opportunity to just catch up with Angel and have her talk about what's been going on with her life, what life has been like post-skiing, we dive deeper into an excellent open mic piece that Angel wrote called How to Not Burn Out, and then we do ask Angel a number of the questions that you submitted for this time around. Oh, and then at the very end, in something that absolutely was not planned and that I certainly did not see coming, Angel completely ambushes her partner Pete and puts him on the very hot seat at the very end of this conversation. And I promise you are going to want to stick around for that. So anyway, this is a very fun conversation, chock full with a lot of wise words from wisdom and a lot of laughs. And I am very happy to now introduce you to our first episode of Deep Dives with Angel. Here we go. Well, Angel, welcome back. 
to the Blister Podcast. How are you today and where are you today? Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's good to be back on here. I am doing great. Doing fantastic. I'm on Seabear, my boat, and I'm in front of the library, as you commented. Yes, Yes, our book has a library. You read a lot on the boat. (laughs) It's awesome. And um, I'm in Panama, Bocas del Toro, Panama. Wow. Yeah. In front of your library. In front of my library, looking as distinguished as I possibly can muster up with my greasy hair. (laughs) <laughs> it's quite, it's quite distinguished. I know we we got on this call and I was like, I thought you had stopped in some city and were sitting at the at the like public library, and it's like, no, dude, this is the boat. And it, I told you, I was just like that makes me want to get on a boat way more. Like I somehow didn't know you could like bring libraries on boats, but this is I I'm all I'm in now. Yeah, the philosophers yeah, so. bought into the sailing life. You just needed to reel them in with some thick novels in the background. <laughs> cool. That's right. Catnip. <laughs> for sure. Well, so this is this is really cool. On the one hand, you and I have actually been talking quite a bit because you have been doing these regular open mic pieces uh, on Blister, that, and that's just been fantastic. One, I'm just really proud of the whole series, uh, but I always enjoy when it's time for your submission to hit my inbox, and because I really never know where they're going. <laughs> Because we don't, as I mean, you and I know, but like, we don't really talk about them at all in advance. So I just, it's a a surprise kind (laughs) of once a month. So while we have been talking quite a bit, it's also interesting to me, I was reflecting back that the last time we did a podcast together, you had like literally just announced your retirement from skiing. And it's like, wow, what, what a time to kind of come back on and a lot has happened in your own life. And I thought maybe the first obvious question is, um, how you doing? How's it going? How you feeling? <laughs> well, I don't regret it. So that's good. It's a good start. Um, yeah, that's crazy, actually. Because yeah, we when we talked, it was super fresh. You were the first like person interview anything that happened. So um, there was relatively no integration at that point yet of the experience. And now here we are. Yeah, much later. And um, it's been so good. It's been so good. I've learned so much about myself. I've had so much fun. My life looks nothing like it did before. And I'm not getting FOMO, even though it's been the most all time winter. Um, Literally. literally. So I feel like or I know that I made the right decision. But yeah, it's been all the things, hard, beautiful, like blood, sweat, tears, all of it. Is it more like you imagined or pictured or the last time we talked, maybe it was also fresh that the, maybe the the bit of daydreaming vision for what you were about to embark on, you was like, dude, I didn't even have that picture. Well, it's interesting. I feel like just like in life, uh, it's always different than you expect. (laughs) You know, you, we have these dreams, we work really hard to build them, we kind of have visions of what our life or transitions or dreams are going to be like. And then you get in them and you're like, well, okay, this wasn't quite what I was going for. I don't know, maybe, maybe other people's experience is different. But that's how it usually is for me, it looks and feels different. And so there was 
a long period actually after retirement where I felt like I wasn't quite getting the juice out of sailing life. And I think just like with any lifestyle or, you know, there's been a lot of change. It took us a while to figure out how we like doing it. You know, there's so many ways to live life. There's so many ways to sail and cruise around the world. And um, we actually had a really hard chapter this past, like, October, November, December, that I think I wrote about one where I was just like, something needs to change. And then since we've launched, we've gotten the juice. Like we got life squeezed us and we've gotten the juice. We've integrated a little bit of, um, yeah, just the, like the wisdom of how we want to move through it. But the past three months have been like exactly what we've pictured, dreamed, dreamed up, worked so hard for. So it's been so sweet. And I almost, we almost gave up before we got it. Wow. Let's try to do the timeline thing. So you and I talked, well, let's do it this way. You announced your retirement exactly when? I should know, but it's like, I think it was like October, 2021. (laughs) Ish. October 2021-ish. Okay. Okay. And you're saying, here we are, we're talking April 7th, 2023. And you're saying just in the last three months, did you and Pete kind of figure out- Yeah. Figure out the, I don't know what the word is, not system, but- Our style. Yeah. What felt the best. Style. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um it's a really taxing lifestyle. Um, we can go into it. We don't have to go into it, but <clears throat> I would say that it's really awesome, like maybe 10 to 20% of the time. And the other percent of the time is a lot of work and logistics and um, effort getting put in. And it's a lot less time like on the beach drinking margaritas or in the cockpit, sunny drinking margaritas as like hands in the bilge, greasy, smelling like diesel or uh, stranded somewhere. There's a lot of those moments. Um, But also maybe we're just doing it wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it took us a long time. And part of it is, you know, right off the bat, we've got a bunch of miles under our belt. We sailed across the Atlantic uh, right from the get-go, which we had done by that point. I remember talking to you in the Canaries, um, uh, which are just off the coast of Europe. And then from there, we sailed back across the Atlantic to Grenada, which is just above the tip of South America, the northern tip. We sailed up to Florida and then down. So we covered a lot of ground. Um, and then and then we hauled the boat out. And what we realized is it actually, we were racing hurricane seasons in places and we kind of had to move that way for different reasons for the seasons and the trade winds. And um, we actually really like taking our time and spending more time in one spot, getting to know it and not have to figure out everything every other day. So there's a lot of time that gets saved when you kind of already know the deal and you just stay in one spot. And so we've been in a spot with really good surfing. So I just wrote a little bit about that, but it's been so great to just like get to know the break, get to know the locals, get to know, you know, everything. And you kind of get a little system and then, yeah, we're going to move in about a month, that three weeks. So yeah. Did that answer your question? (laughs) That was a ramble. The answer is in process. This is a, yeah, this (laughs) is a multi-part answer. Just logistically, has that been a specific change, staying in one spot longer than you were doing initially? 
Yes. Yeah. So we were just moving around a bunch and visiting different islands in the Caribbean. And um, we had people coming to visit. So there was plane tickets from certain islands that we had planned out. So we sort of had a lot of different reasons to be to like kind of constantly be on the move. And we realized that we kind of like state like a little less movement and a little more exploring in one spot. Not everyone feels that way. A lot of people don't actually. Um, but yeah, we as soon as we launched Sea Bear in January, we we're like, let's just chill and see how we like it. And it's been so good. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in that camp. I if I'm constantly in a new spot, in a new room, you're packing, unpacking all the time. I, I just would f much, much prefer post up in one spot. You know, you can go do your day trip stuff or whatever, but you're coming back to a bit of a base. Yeah. Um, I Something I definitely know about myself that, that that's the style of travel uh, that, that works better for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the trade-off is like, there's a whole world out there. And so we we're miss, we'll miss a lot. You know, there's a lot of islands we'll miss, a lot of cool spots we won't see. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's give and take, but mm -hmm. yeah. So, okay. You've talked about, Hey, turns out on a boat, there's a lot of just manual labor that you need to do uh, to make the whole operation work. But one of the things I wanted to ask you a bit more about some of this you've certainly touched on in some of the open mic pieces you've written part of our interactions and conversations kind of off record it's been really interesting for me to kind of get a sense of how much you are trying to not fill up your time at the moment and yet taking some steps towards things you're interested in or potentially interested in and I'm like, man, I haven't had a phase of life like that in over 20 years. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, how, I want to just kind of ask a bit more about if what I just said feels like a somewhat accurate uh, depiction of what life has felt like, or, or better, let me hear it in your own words. Like, what is this time of life or how would you articulate what it is you're trying to do or figure out or find out or or maybe you're just trying to chill? Yeah, that's a that's a good question with a lot of there's a lot in there, but I think where I'll start is that I didn't know what this time was going to be about. All I knew was that it was going to change me and that I was going to learn a lot about myself. And that it was just a lifelong dream and such a cool way to experience the world. And my hope was that somewhere along the way, the answer to my great big purpose of what am I supposed to do on the planet would drop in my lap. News spoiler, we haven't, that has not happened yet. <laughs> um, so, you know, in, in this going from a pretty intense lifestyle of, you know, film skiing and heli skiing in AK, it's like every year still April comes around and I don't sleep very good. And I'm like my, I just have like heightened nervous system. And the past two years I've been like, what is my deal? Like no, I'm chilling on a boat. Why all of a sudden? And I'm like, oh, this is Alaska season. This is when my body clock knows <laughs> that 
<laughs> it's time to start pumping the chemicals. So it, that's pretty wild. I've heard similar things from like lifelong school teachers that, yeah. So, uh, so part of what's been going on is me just being like, all right, how do, what did I like about my ski life? What did, what was, what were the components in there that brought me a lot of joy? And what were the components in there that I didn't like? And, um, as I move through life and when the sailing chapter is over, if it's going to be short and there's going to be an end, or as I'm drawing it out, like, how do I want to relate to life? (laughs) You know, like, okay, I'm quitting my last job. I'm starting a new one. Do I want to come in with the same workaholic tendencies? You know, it's kind of that grappling process. So honestly, it's really been a lot of just trying to slow down, trying to not anxiously fill my time, trying to pursue interests like cooking and music and uh, other sports without like maniacally going after anything relentlessly, which has been a challenge because as I wrote in my last piece, I tend to just like hone in on something and then, and then I kill the, the fun of it pretty soon. So yeah, a lot of it has just been like sitting in the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen after. And that's been really uncomfortable, but a good exercise. And it's like not the best packaged answer. I was talking about this with somebody else when people are like, Hey, what, like, so what do you, what are you doing? Like, what's next? And when you're like, I don't know, people are like, Ooh, uh, (laughs) but it's been really good. And I think actually sitting with yourself deeply and like what makes you tick and what do you want to change? It's such a ripe opportunity that I feel really grateful to have and to be able to dig into amidst this platform of sailing that is like showing me all the beauty and also showing me all this challenge. And it's a great medium for kind of reworking the angel 2.0, I guess. (laughs) I like that. Angel 2.0. Huh? Yeah. And I mean, some of our best writers and thinkers, and of course, for me, I Thoreau is always a bit of a default, but Thoreau is as good on this point as anybody. It's like, if you want to avoid self-reflection, if you want to avoid the big topics of life, just be busy. Just throw yourself completely into any job of any sort, and you can just busy yourself enough to avoid all that stuff. And um, that is not viewed as a um, virtue from some of the many, many of the religious traditions, philosophical traditions, writers and thinkers that many of us probably respect the most. And yet, many of us find ourselves in that situation, right? Just fill up your time and you get to avoid thinking about what does this all mean? What should I be doing? What's worth valuing and what isn't? And I mean, the hustle is real, like having dreams and making money. And, you know, our culture really like prioritizes productivity and achievement, which are amazing. Um, But I like I right now know that I can achieve so much more if I'm more resilient and more rested. And so I've been exploring that and it feels really hard, actually, and counterintuitive. I also wrote a piece on rest. I know um, grappling with this process because it's so easy to fill up our time. And with social media, it's like, it feels prioritizing just being feels like 
wrong. It feels like I should be doing something productive. And that is so ingrained in everyone that I know that it makes it even hard to like get the rest that our body needs, which is crazy. So, um, yeah, I just, I know for me personally that deep change and that like accessing what I really want and what my real gifts actually are, it requires turning the knob down and being quiet. And it's, it's not comfortable. And it's, yeah, not, I, you know, I have so many shoulds still like I should be posting on social media. I've got all this great, you know, content that I could post and the shoulds just never stop in this age of technology. And so learning to quiet those down and tune into what, what do I desire to bring to the world? Like that's kind of been the quest, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think like, the fun thing about being alive is basically each of us get to figure out for ourselves, what do we want to do here? And this is not to, I mean, some of us have bigger responsibilities, more immediate responsibilities with yeah. children or yeah. taking care of parents or on and on and on. But if, totally. but effectively just how do you want to shape, shape a life? What kind of work do you want to do? Do you want to do work that you find meaningful or is it like, just let me punch the clock on something so I can then have my mental energy and physical energy preserved to then go pursue certain interest projects, passions that do energize me. Um, we all get to kind of figure this out for ourselves and it's so funny basically reading every one of your pieces because I'm on the one hand, you know, trying to be a, a decent editor in, in which by you, as you know, for me, that just means like, is there anything I can do here to clarify a point or make a suggestion to heighten a point somehow? But then I am just somebody reading this and it's like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're on fairly different um, our, our daily lives probably don't look that similar <laughs> at, um, at, at the moment. And so it's good for me to think about these things like how much am I, I mean, I'm, it's wild busy still at Blister. How much of that is a distraction? How much of this is a season because we're still doing things that we really believe in, that I really believe in. And, um, I don't think that you just solve that or answer that once and for all. It's about checking in again and again and again and again. And Yeah. I mean, I think like that has been why I feel so grateful for this chapter because there's no way in hell I would be doing this if my life was just continuing onward. You know, it's like I have the time and space. And so this is what I'm choosing to do with it. And that feels good. But yeah, like there's so many ways to... Yeah, like you said, live life, assess where we're at, try and carve our time out or figure out how we want to spend our time. And I think it's rare that we get a chapter like I have right now um, of complete pause and reinvention. And, you know, it's been intentional. I'm like draining my life savings to do this, but it also just feels so right. Um, and I know that if I went right into the next thing without deeply sitting, I think I would create a different life than the one that I'm going to create, you know, on the other side of this. So, so yeah, you know, it's, it's cool. I feel very lucky. It's also not the only way to do it by any means, like at all. Yeah. Okay. So for those of us who maybe are 
currently in a situation where the minute we wake up, our time is uh, kind of accounted for already till largely till we go to bed. Any thoughts, things you've learned, observations or suggestions you might have for some of us to keep in mind asking for a friend? <laughs> How to escape the rat race? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not. It's I, well, I don't mean like a rat race. I think has negative connotations, but it's I didn't mean it in that way. Um, but I I understand what you're meaning that like busy where all of a sudden the days are spinning and the time is just like flying away and you yeah. Um, well, I just want to start out by saying I acknowledge that I'm not in that place right now, um, and so. If anything is helpful, great. If you're like, this girl's been on a boat with nothing to do for too long, then also great. But I think, uh, I mean, what I, what I, what I've been learning is that I think it's easy to prioritize uh, the shoulds and the to-do list. And something that's interesting that happens is when we have a major life upheaval, where you get a divorce, um, somebody gets really sick and we have to take care of them. Um, or, you know, you quit, maybe you're doing really bad and your mental health is suffering and you need to go on a six month vacation. Maybe you quit your job, right? Like these opportunities show us that actually we can put our life on hold. Like it can happen. It doesn't, you know, those drastic measures are, um, those don't always happen. But what they show us is that you'll be okay and life will go on, you know, and I think what we get so scared of doing is letting something slip like, oh, if I don't do that, then that's going to slip and this is going to start slipping. And I won't be able to do the things that are important or to run the company or to hold my family together or whatever. And like, I think at some point, we get to be like, how am I actually doing? does this actually feel good to me? Like, am I doing okay? Or am I barely holding it together? And even if you're doing okay, but like not great, being able to be really honest with yourself about, okay, what fills my cup? Like, what do I really value in life? Like, what are my energy boosts? And can I get more of those in there, even in a small way? What are my energy drains? Who am I, who do I talk to? Or who do I feel like I owe my time to that just makes me want to like gag or walk away? Like, can I actually limit that? What would happen? And I think the first step is just giving ourselves permission to be like, actually, I am the most important thing in my life or my family is the most important thing. And like, if these other things were to let slip, like, could I let that be okay? And I think that's the opening that I've been seeing. Does that, does that answer? Yeah, it does. Does that make sense? It does. And while you're talking, one of the things I found myself thinking about is, God, you and I, I think actually literally talked about this, like in our last podcast. Last one. I, <laughs> I still am a really big believer in the notion of like seasons of life. Yeah. Because one of the things that I don't buy, and I see this a lot on, I don't know, different people, whether it's time management stuff or more spiritually oriented kind of advisors or something, 
I'm not sure that I personally believe that one can always have this like very balanced existence. Like there mm-hmm. are seasons. And so like if, mm-hmm. if you've ever had mm-hmm. a friend in med school and I've had multi, I, I didn't go cause I'm, you know, yeah. s- smart or, and, or, and too stupid <laughs> to get in. But I mean, there's nothing balanced about that at all. And I don't yeah. think there is a yeah. way that I'm aware of to have this balanced existence through going through a beyond rigorous uh, multi-year program. So what I, the only thing I would say is somebody listening to this, they might be like, you know, you said like, oh yeah, whatever, this woman's on a boat. What does she know? It's like, okay, maybe not at every month or week or year of our lives can we hit this incredible equilibrium. But I, I don't even know if you're going to agree me on uh, agree with me on this. You might push back, but what I tend to think about is like there are some seasons where it's like, hey, um, we're going to go hard right now, and that that might be med school, that might be raising small kids. But staying cognizant of like, all right, this is the season, but we're going to be looking to switch this up. Yeah. No, no. I, I just, I 100% agree. Yeah. 100%. Because that I think takes a little bit of the pressure off. If somebody's like, I have three small children. That's great. You guys all talking about your self-reflection on all of that. Like, good luck. I'm just literally trying to keep three little runny nose creatures alive. (laughs) It like great. Yeah. 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 But if you slip into that and that becomes like the rest of your life and there is no transition. And by the way, I know people for whom that's happened to complete loss of identity and that type of thing. Well, then I, I don't think that that's fine. I I wouldn't say, oh, that's okay. There's probably not a better way. And I think that's sort of what I hear you saying. Yeah. I, sorry, there's a water taxi in the background. Very loud. There's a water taxi um, in the library? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just almost flagged him down. <laughs> Bye, I'm done with this podcast. Um, I totally agree in that, like, I, and even building Sea Bear or certain chapters of skiing, it's like, yeah, there's phases where we build. And, you know, if you think about it in the full cycles of, you know, the earth or the, you know, crop season, it's like there's there's hopefully time for all of it. And I think my question that I like to think back to is like, is this sustainable and for how long? And I think, you know, the, the thing that eventually suffers is either our relationships, you know, our finances or our health. And so it's like, you know, just keeping the bird's eye view on all of those and maybe some are getting better while others are worse, but our body for sure is the one thing that we need forever. And what I really love, um, I think I told you part of the what helped with the transition was I studied Ayurveda, which is a lifestyle science wisdom from India that comes from the Vedic texts like yoga did. And it's amazing. And in Ayurveda, there's a concept called ojas. And that's basically your life force energy in your body. And I like to think of it as like your fuel tank. And you can feel when you're starting to get depleted, you know? And so I like to kind of just think of this like fuel tank in my body and being like, all right, where am I at? Like, am I, (laughs) am I on E? Am I in the red zone? Like, because once you go there, like 
that's when bad stuff starts happening, you know, and we all kind of have tabs on that. So that's just, I, when I think of it, it's like, if you feel like you can't trim anything away, but nothing is really suffering, well, maybe your happiness might be, but that sustainability and like, are things that are really important suffering. I think that's what I think of in my brain anyways. All right. What we're going to do now is dive a bit deeper or unpack a bit an open mic piece that you wrote recently. Because I think that probably every single person who read it, and if you haven't read it yet, we'll put a link to it in the show notes of this episode. But um, you wrote a piece called How to Not Burn Out. <laughs> and um, let me ask you this first. What sort of response did you get to that piece? Uh, it was like this overwhelmingly uh, resonant piece. I wasn't actually expect expecting so much resonance. Um, and yeah, I got a lot of awesome feedback from it. Just, I, I guess it's something that's on a lot of our a lot of our minds aside from, you know, like the two negative comments that are the only ones you can remember <laughs> that will bring you down to the bottom despite right. other great hundreds of DMs. That's right. So yeah, yeah, it was great actually. I think it's something that we a lot more people struggled with than I realized. This is this is maybe a tough question. How would you summarize the piece? Um <laughs> I'm I'm not good at summaries. Oh, me neither. I'm horrible. Well, I guess the way I would summarize the piece is basically, you know, I got burnt out on skiing and I don't want to do it again. And um, so the piece- You don't want to get burnt out again. It already happened with skiing. I probably could do it again to skiing. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't want to get burnt out on everything else. Anything else slash everything else, which is probably where I tend to. So the piece is a summary of um, just what I've been noticing in my life. And as I'm doing a bunch of new things, kind of what I've learned about myself and what I've learned about the process of learning and of applying yourself to things, hobbies, uh, in a way that hopefully is inviting for self-exploration and the way that you do things to get the most fun and the most, I don't know, enrichment out of them for your life. Well said. So in this piece of yours entitled How to Not Burn Out and then actually subtitled Five Lessons from a Stoked Kook. <laughs> and I know this was very important to you to keep that <laughs> subtitle in and, and I'm, glad we, I'm glad we did. There's kind of five main points that you lay out and then ex- expound upon. The one that I found myself thinking about and that I just think would be very helpful for a lot of people, all five would be. And again, people read this piece and see which resonates the most with you. Or I think you'll find one of the five that you might need to work on the most. But um, in keeping with the stuff that we've just been talking about, define what success looks like to you. I think that goes really well with what we've been just we're talking about with this idea of seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that some seasons are for building. Some seasons are like, we're in it. We're going into the thick of it. I'm going to commit myself to, I don't know, five to seven incredibly strenuous years of med school. But here's why I'm doing this. And I'm going to give up sleep and 
Yeah. I, I don't know why I think of med school as like maybe the worst possible thing on earth. <laughs> it's very consuming. Yeah. And, and God bless everybody who has gone through it and, you know, patches us all up when we wreck ourselves or, or heals us. I just look at it as such a difficult thing. But keeping that in mind as one of the things, like what am I in right now? Or if it's uncomfortable, or if you're in a season where it's like, it's kind of chill, I don't have a lot going on, or maybe I just got laid off. So suddenly there's time on my hands that I didn't ask for. This notion of coming back to define what success looks like to you I think is a pretty powerful one that, again, a good thing for us to be doing, not like once a year, but pretty frequently. Yeah, because I think it it changes. It can even change when you're in the middle of, of something that, you know, life is dynamic and we're dynamic beings and, you know, important people enter stage left and all of a sudden, like, you know, we're working with different ingredients and... So I think sometimes what can happen, at least for me, is I'll set a goal, right? I'm a high achiever. I'm going to set this goal. It's good to have your sights set on the goal so you can, you know, get get through, achieve the thing. But sometimes I find my goals actually get in the way of what I really want uh, from the thing or from my life, you know? And so in this chapter... I mean, I used in this piece, I used surfing as an example, but um, because, you know, my goal has been, I'm going to learn to surf and I want to get better at surfing, right? That's the goal. But what I realized was actually what success looks like is I learned to love it and I'm having fun and I want to go out and do it. And those two, while they might seem similar, they're they're actually quite distinct from each other because what I have done before, what, what I found myself in is like being my own slave driver uh, to the point of where I'm not enjoying the process. I'm not enjoying my life, maybe. I'm not enjoying the things that I used to enjoy. And so this time I was like, all right, but actually what does success look like and I was like, oh, having fun. It totally changed my approach. It totally changed what it looked like. So that was the example that I used. But like you said, I think, you know, it, it applies to a lot of different, I mean, it, it applies to anything that we're doing, right? Like, is is money successful? Is being happy? Is having good relationships? Like, is having a lot of free time? Um and it's just a different mindset than what's my goal. You know, it's a, it's a just slight shift that I think is, was really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Or in, instead of the goal of just, I'm going to get really good at this sort of as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe giving that up and just enjoying, enjoying that process, enjoying being the amateur. Right. And, and being okay with that. And, and, uh, I recently taught somebody I'm seeing, we went out and I was skiing with her uh-huh. for the it was first time ever on skis. Wow. And we did four, di- we did four days of this. Well, and how was it? That's a, that's a whole, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the good, the, the punchline is she is really excited about skiing. Yes. Having done four days, but this like how you're like, okay, I think you're ready f- you know, to get on a slightly steeper hill and and those kinds of things. But I kept referencing your line about like, look, we can just go get 
some coffee and sit and watch people come down. Like yeah. that's what kind of feels good today. And there's, so I, I was referencing that a lot. So your piece took on a very <laughs> tangible, uh, significant uh, role for, for my uh, situation a couple weeks ago. All right. She likes skiing. That's great. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, if you're not feeling it, like, we'll just, we can go get something to drink and just watch some people and talk about it and, you know, check it out. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, directly contributing to a sort of terrifying situation <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it went well. That's awesome. You know, I don't know about women versus men. And I, I try not to generalize too much. But what, what I will say is the majority of my res- responses came from women which isn't always the case. Sometimes the majority comes from men. And in this case, I think that with women, especially when we're learning to do things that we're, that maybe we're scared of, or uh, that there are a lot of societal expectations of, like not doing it isn't an option. We feel like, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think everyone goes, goes through this, not just women, but I, yeah, like I said, I got a lot of women that reached out. And so I think, you know, with skiing too, it was the same for me. It was like, I could only ski my hardest lines if I gave myself permission to do something easy, like, or not do it at all. Right. And then I can really actually have the desire to do it or tune into what my intuition is saying. But that like, I've got to do this at all costs. It just tamps down my instincts and what my body might be trying to tell me. And so the way into any activity I'm noticing now is like not pushing through at all costs, but actually giving myself an out, which was surprising. So, yeah. And just to be clear, in the last months, year or two of your professional ski career, you were or you were not giving yourself that permission when stepping up on big, scary lines? I always do. Yeah. Okay. I always did with skiing. I just never thought of applying it to something else. Um, yeah. I think and an important, just, I know I touch on this in the piece, but for anyone listening, like an important part of that for me is it's not just giving yourself an out no matter what, but it's still showing up that day with the with the option to bow out. So, um, like do it showing up just a little bit, like getting out of bed, going to the mountain or like going out on the dinghy to look at the break, but just a little bit. So you can take, you can be like, Oh, this feels okay. Well, maybe I'll do this really easy thing. Maybe I'll just sit in the water. Maybe I'll just like take one run or whatever. Just like a little bit of showing up was, was my way into it. But yeah, I digress. I don't think you do digress. I think that was exactly an answer to the specific question at hand. So yeah, well done. This is what we're going to do now. We're calling this our Ask Angel segment. (laughs) I feel like I'm in the shark tank. (laughs) You are. Um, This is the, 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 yeah, maybe we just call this shark tank, (laughs) Angel in the shark tank. That's actually pretty good. So we put it out there on our respective channels and solicited some questions, and we got some good ones here for sure. So I want to just go through some of these. We haven't actually said this in this conversation, but we're we're actually going to be doing this kind of monthly. Yeah, yeah. I actually haven't even told you yet. I've got like the title 
for like the podcast titles. So I might I might save that for later. I don't know because if you hate it, then we can mix it <laughs> and go with something else. But we've been we've been talking a lot about titles of things recently, and this segment is called Ask Angel. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real the really scintillating behind the scenes stuff. But to kick us off, Erica, you are the first question ever in uh, our new Ask Angel segment. Uh, Erica asks, "What advice?" would you give someone navigating finding their identity outside of skiing? Mm. It's a topic you have a little familiarity with. I sure do. Yeah, it's a great question. It's also really hard. Um, I think when we tend, all of us, at least I think in the U.S., tend to wrap our identities up in what we do. And so when our, our daily actions change or our activities change, oh man, so much changes. Our egos are wrapped up in it. Our relationships are wrapped up in it. And so I think for me, like, you know, there's a component of where do I place my value? Am I cool? Because I can ski hard things. Like how much of my value, my perceived value to society or to my relationships or to the public is because I do this thing. And so if I no longer do this thing, does that make me a worthless piece of a human being, right? And sometimes you feel like that and you got to sit with that and combat it. And eventually you come out the other side and you're like, well, I'm still here and I'm still angel. But for me, it took a while um, of kind of piecing apart this identity especially if it's a part of your identity that you love or that you are like highly accepted for in society, you know? So I think, you know, figuring out where your own internal work of, you know, where am I valuable and why? And that does not have, that has nothing to do with the sport or your activities. Um, And then, you know, the second part is with relationships, you know, because the thing about the outdoor community that I've noticed is relationships are forged based on what we do together. And anyone that gets injured knows that, you know, you get hurt and people kind of don't call or check in as much after the first couple weeks. And it's tough. And then you're like, wow, like, oh, I feel alone. Who am I? Where are my friends? So I think, finding your value and then nurturing relationships that you feel are authentic to the new you and the new things that you want to be doing and being okay if the old relationships fall away. Like that's really tough. But um, if you're navigating away from being a skier and all your friends still want to ski, but then you don't have a lot of common ground, like it's okay to try new things and to meet new people. It's actually a big part of like who we, who, how we move through the world is who we spend our time with. Um, so those two things. And I think, yeah, hobbies are really great. And it's also totally fair to be like, all right, who am I if I don't do this thing? What do I like to do? And encouraging the exploratory phase, I think, is I can't recommend enough. So those would be my top three. Yeah. Yeah. Very sound. Sound advice. Broke spokes asks a question that has been on my mind. You and I talked about it briefly. Broke Spokes phrased it this way. Do you still have the desire to go skiing at all despite retiring? And the way that I kind of put it to you was, 
can you imagine yourself going back to skiing in some form and and like actually really enjoying it? You know, when I quit spring of 2021, it was the strangest sensation because my body didn't even want to leave the front door to go filming like at my home ski resort at the situation that should have been so fun. And I was just like, yeah, my being, my soul, my psyche, whatever you want to call it is really over this, like over, over, over it. And I wasn't sure then if I would ever want to ski again. And I didn't for the first year and a half, maybe I was like, nope, nope, nope. Thought of skiing kind of makes me a little nauseous. And then it's like slowly started to change. And where I'm at right now is it's start, it's starting to sound like kind of like it could be fun. So that's where I'm at. I anticipate that I I anticipate that in a year, I'm going to be like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Maybe even before. But yeah, it's been a gradual slide. First, you're going to become that professional surfer. Yes. Yep. You know, just just all about performing at the highest absolute level in the surf world. Yeah, I've got eight months left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. This is we're we're in the we're in the we don't burn out on things anymore. That's what we're that's what we're all learning. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting. And I mean if you were like I think probably many of us have activities, sports uh, for me, it was football back in the day, and when I, I when that career was done, it was not. That's maybe a little different because you have to football is all this gear, and you need kind of twenty two people, and it wasn't like to just go play backyard football wasn't right. It's a different, yeah. It's interesting, yeah, because when I think about going back to skiing, the the fears are are interesting because. It's been a long time since I was able to do it recreationally. And so it feels like, how would I even do that? If like, And then the expectations, I think, that I would have of myself and my performance. And I won't be in as good a shape as I was. I won't be training for it. And if I can't ski the way that I used to be able to or feel so strong, will it even be as fun? Like, So I'm kind of scared to encounter all those things, but not scared enough that I won't do it. But yeah, when I think about going back, I'm like, oh man, what's it going to feel like to not be able to ski that well? Probably ever again, because I don't have the physical fitness for it. I'm not optimizing for that. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it'll be really good for me, but I do, I know, I do know in my heart that there's always going to be a piece of me if I get back into skiing that is going to miss being able to ski at that level for sure. Yeah, that's a bigger topic for another day as well, because I mean, one of the things we hear often are from, you know, we get a lot of comments from people on gear reviews or whatever, but it's like, Hey, you know, um, I was a pretty ripping skier in my thirties and forties. I'm now in my sixties and seventies and I'm not I'm not at that level and it could be fill in the blank, skiing, trail running, mountain biking, climbing, whatever. Mm -hmm. So all of us, all of us end up facing this. Right. Yep. It's coming for all of us, adjusting and being open and attentive to having that relationship change with these things that we maybe started doing and have been passionate about for decades and decades. It's, it's not, it's not. 
in that sense, I think you're not in a unique situation because mm-hmm. everybody who continues to do these things will have the time of their life where they were like, okay, I'm not, I'm not where I was then. Totally. Yeah. And kind of going along with that last question, it seems like the less that we, our ego identifies with that or being good at it, the better that that transition can be. And maybe the more like smooth or beautiful of a lasting relationship we can have as it goes through its different iterations. Ashley asks, is marriage and or kids Something you're wanting. <laughs> we should get Pete on the podcast too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Pete. Okay, so don't let him listen to this, but this is how I feel. No, just kidding. Um, you know, I recently nannied. I, I This is not a gig that I plan on doing much because, wow, kids are so full on. But uh, a friend of mine, <clears throat> long story, was in Costa Rica and I'm not far away and her husband is there on a work trip and she has three kids and their nanny fell through last minute. And she jokingly was like, Hey, want to come nanny for us? And they recently just went through some really challenging stuff in life. Big fire burnt their entire life's work down, all this stuff. I was like, they need a break. So I went and I nannied for them for two and a half weeks, three kids. I've never been like, I wouldn't call myself a kid person. Um, I've I've always been on the fence if I was going to have them. And it didn't really like make me lean yes or no on the kid thing, but I'm very much in the I'm open to it. And right now I have no idea for kids. Pete and I are both in the same boat. He's definitely who I would want to have kids with. Um, But after really spending time with three kids and seeing how full on it is, like you were saying, sun up to sundown, like no time for yourself. It's full, full, as full on as it gets. I was like, in order to have kids, I need to be like a full F yeah. Like, yes, I want them. Maybe I won't be ready, but like I for sure want them and I'm not going to have them from a maybe because um, I like my freedom too much still. So that's kids. Marriage. I was always like, I don't know if marriage is for me until I met Pete and um, he just came from a super, his parents have an awesome marriage and uh, it's kind of helped me believe in the power of building a lasting partnership that works for you guys and it's all on your terms and my relationship with Pete has very much shown me what healthy trust and communication looks like and I've seen marriage change a lot of couples um, in not good ways for the most part has been what I've seen. And that's made me really sad and not want to get married. But after being with Pete and just seeing how much we've gone through with the boat, it's like, I know that even if we both want the other person to be happy as the core foundation of our life, and that's how we would structure any agreement, marriage or otherwise. And so I could see it. Yeah. With Pete, I'm open to it. We've talked about it and I don't know both of those. I don't know. There's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) You just ended it with quickly like, yeah, yeah, open. I can see it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about any of this. Let me me talk about this for a long time to tell you I have no idea. You you kind of panicked there at the end, which I which I enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. I like this next question. Even if I'm going to struggle with the name, I'm really sorry. Keckley, Keckley. We're going with Keckley. It's an Instagram Obviously, handle. That's yeah, Keckley H. 
What is your ideal balance of being alone and being with others? Ooh, that is such a good question. Oh man. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest and say my answer right now <laughs> after living on a 40-foot sailboat inescapably with Pete. <laughs> For the past two years might be different than when I maybe like have my own place on land. Um, I, I love my alone time a lot. I also love being social. I love going to like concerts and music festivals and I like the energy of crowds. So I'm not averse to that, but I definitely notice if I have at least 45 minutes of intentional solitude every day or in the mornings, I am a much better human. So I really try and prioritize that. And Pete can definitely back me up on that. I'm a better human if I actually leave the boat. So yeah, I think I also really do well. Um, ever since I was yeah 16 and got my driver's license, I would take solo trips once or twice a year. And that was really foundational for me and if possible alone in nature. So it's like a, a macro dose of solitude. And yeah, I would say I, most of my days I enjoy being more alone, but, um, like I said, also I love the right people and being around them all the time. And the creativity that comes from that is like next level. So there we go. How do you get alone on a boat? It is very hard. The only room that we have on the boat is, it's called the head, the bathroom. It's very small and cramped. It's not where you're like, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to just lock myself in here. <laughs> like, no, maybe if you had crying kids, it would work. But um, yeah, it's one room on the boat. So you can either go like above decks. So one person's below decks and the other person is above decks. Um, but that still doesn't always feel, I couldn't sing. I couldn't yell without, you know, Pete. So we'll put our headphones in sometimes and then go into like separate spaces that works. Or one of us will take the dinghy or the paddleboard ashore or just go for a paddleboard. And have you two had to have like very specific conversations about this? Oh yeah. Like every two weeks we're like, okay, how are we going to structure it again? We're slipping. Cause that's what happens. It's like it slips and if you don't have a good, like solid, solid routine, that kind of goes away. And I love spending time with Pete. So I don't realize that I'm grumpy until it's too late and I'm grumpy and I'm like, I need to be alone. So um, yeah, well, something that works pretty well for us is putting our headphones on and being like, okay, let's not talk until uh, 8.30 a.m. And when we do our best is when we set our alarm, maybe we'll have coffee together and then we'll put our headphones on and have like intentional hour and a half or so where we do our own morning practices or whatever. So the you're talking during coffee, but then you go to the no talking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll do like a little, you know, meet and greet in the morning. Meet like, hey, how you doing? And then, <laughs> Yeah. I was about to ask you on a related note, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> no, just, just kidding. That one's for us. That, that one's for us. Um, we've been very family friendly this episode, by the way. I know. I'm, Can I'm you proud believe of us. It? Me I'm too. proud of us. Yeah. <laughs> First time ever for me. Yeah. Big question here. 
and not a lot of context. So you can take this into whatever context you like, Angel. But um, Uh-oh. Gruber asks, how do you find peace and stay calm when things get difficult? By swearing really loudly <laughs> at the top of my lungs over and over again. You should give us examples of of exactly what you say, and we'll end the f- the family friendly role we've been on. <laughs> yeah, here I just be like, beep, 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 beep. um, yeah. How do I find peace and stay calm when things are challenging? Um, I would say, in like, if it's a challenging long term chapter, I really notice having consistency um, in just a couple habits in my day helps a lot. helps me to like anchor into stability and kind of solidness and resilience. And when you're going through challenge, sometimes things feel really like in upheaval and a little bit of stability feels great. So I, um, (laughs) it sounds really funny, but it's like the small things that make a huge difference. Like I always drink some warm water right after I wake up. And right after that, I do a minimum of two sun salutations. And then after that, I meditate and maybe do some breath work or just like sit with myself. And I do those things every day. And I find if I'm slipping, um, I notice. And so anchoring back into those and maybe adding in something else that feels good when things are challenging is like, that's my go-to. It's my rock. It's my foundation. Um, and it's simple and I can do it in five minutes, but it makes me feel good about myself. I'm like, I'm doing these things for me. I'm at least doing that good for myself. And then I would say in the moments when it's like you're either dealing with a lot of fear or it's more like immediate or acute challenge. Um, I, well, there's a couple things. There's two things that I do. One is, um, I try to drown out the like big picture thoughts, um, depending on what it is. Like, well, it's hard to think of like, if it's visceral fear, like, uh, you're trying to ski something or you're, you're trying to like, you know, tighten this bolt and the winds are blowing and like, you need to like get this nut on there or else the rigging's going to fly off or something like that. Um, instead of thinking about the, all the big picture things that can go wrong, I focus on the next thing I'm going to do. Like I'll grab the wrench, I'll grab the nut or I'll buckle my boots. I'll buckle my helmet. It's like very visceral step-by-step, uh, things to get me into right where I'm doing and not to have my brain think about all the things that can go wrong. And the other thing that I just can't state enough is like positive self-talk. I'll usually have some sort of saying like, um, I am doing a lot better than I think, or I'm handling a lot right now. Um, for like, you know, I, I've got this or there's usually depending on what challenge it is, like one saying that validates and strengthens me in my own psyche and my own resolve. And that experience of like, I'm holding a lot and I'm actually doing a great job sometimes is like just the most helpful thing actually. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Pretty good. I should let you get back to, you know, your library. (laughs) 
<laughs> or chasing down the water taxi or some combination of the two. <laughs> this has been cool. And we are going to be doing this once a month. Woo-woo. And th- our current plan is we, I imagine we'll catch up a little bit at the beginning, but then we're going to kind of dive deeper into maybe one or two of the open mic pieces that we published, you know, in the previous month and just use that as an opportunity. It, they've been so rich. I like the idea of just having a, a forum and a chance to unpack some of those things more. And then we'll do our Ask Angel segment. And to be clear, the idea here was that people are welcome to, you know, write in with questions about you. But we are also encouraging people to write in questions that you might have about your own circumstances and situation and see what advice Angel might have on those topics. So that that's our, our program. And uh, yeah, so it's something we've kind of been talking about for a bit. I'm excited to get it going. And again, um, it's just been a really cool thing having one getting getting to read your open mic pieces but two for that opportunity that we've had to kind of just talk a bit more to catch up a little bit see how things are going and the like and so I'm grateful to add uh, another another little uh, forum or medium here for uh, for us to continue our our conversations yeah me too it's been so fun i always just love talking to you well likewise couple of couple of former philosophy majors, right? We just, we got to stick together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pete just got back on the boat. Hey, Pete, they asked me about marriage and kids. What do you think I told him? (laughs) His face. (laughs) No, just kidding. Pete, Pete's gonna, Pete's gonna listen to this one real closely. (laughs) By the way, we should say this conversation will drop Monday and then Tuesday, Pete is our next open mic piece. Yeah. And you and I both read it. It's a really terrific piece. Um, yeah. Lots of good, lots of good topics. Are you draw? Are you drawing him in right now? Is he making a, <laughs> a guest appearance, a cameo? It depends on what the editor thinks. Oh, you mean to the podcast? Yeah. I mean, we could. Should we ask Pete <laughs> what he thinks about <laughs> yeah. kids and marriage? Let's do that. Let's okay. do it. Hey, All Pete, right. come here. <laughs> You're um you're gonna come on the podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're getting put in the hot seat. Yeah, you are. Run He's Pete. covered in mud right now. He's covered in mud right now. Perfect. Here, I'm there gonna... he is. <laughs> I'm going to hand you the headphones. Okay. And or do you think can I take him out? I'm gonna take him out and see. You guys are gonna have a little one on one convo. Are you leaving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay houston are you there do you have a copy we got a copy dude i promise if i would have like not been in this little you know video call window i would have told you to just jump off the boat and like not not take the seat but but um i'm so angel did this to you okay i did not do this to you um but basically angel was asked the question is marriage and or kids, something you're wanting. Hmm. We got her answer. Turns out you were part of the answer. 
That's all we got. I'm not saying if it was for good or if it was like, no way would I ever want to marry Pete or anything like that, but <laughs> your name was brought up. <laughs> um, I Marriage wouldn't really change anything for us right now. Like, it wouldn't be more of a commitment. Um, we've like made a commitment to one another um, and that might change, you know, who knows. But marriage would actually not change anything. Um, it wouldn't change, like, it would more be for, like, for external, for um, for everyone else, like, that this person is, means, means the world to me, you know. But in our brains, in my brain at least, um, wouldn't change much. For the and, record... For the record, Pete has pushed for marriage harder. I've been the one <laughs> being dragging my feet. So, just some context. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that context because I was like, Pete is never talking to me ever again. Pete is going to be like, dude, this you completely ambushed me here. Um, <laughs> the, only, the only thing, Pete, I'm going to push back a little bit. Yeah. I mean, marriage changes relationships. I think it does. So I yeah. think it's I think it's easy to say, oh, this wouldn't change anything. And yet sometimes I think that institution mm -hmm. can do things. For Pete's sure. still never gonna talk to me ever again. So I'm not no, I'm no, not no. I'm not helping my cause here, but <laughs> no, I, I I mean to a certain extent I agree with you. Um and like Angel brought up that I you know, I have in the past kind of like inquired and, and, um, you know, I've definitely pushed more than she has. Um, but like right now I'm saying wouldn't change much. Um, that's not to say I wouldn't like it or I wouldn't like want to do something like that. Um, because I think that there is like, even if those reasons are for other people, you know, the external, like it, that changes the dynamic. And, um, and I think there's like, it changes it in ways that I can't even fathom right now, you know? So, um, I, I was more answering the question based on my current reality, which is like, we spend so much time together and we, we like work through conflict on a tiny boat, all the fucking time. And, oops. <laughs> no more family friendly. It was me or week. you, Angel. It was Pete. Yes. It's fine. And uh, and so, right this second, marriage is, um, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't do much different. Good thoughts, Pete. But there's a second part of this question. Um, okay. What about kids? Yes. Um, I could go either way. I would be psyched to be a dad one day. I would also psyched be psyched to just be a cool uncle, you know? Um, and I, I'm not like, you know, I think a lot of um, couples run into like, oh, are you, uh, uh, you know, are, are you, do you, are you wanting kids? And if not, I'm out. Like that's a, that's a line that, a lot of people run into. Um, and I think for me, it's like, I want to 
do life with Angel, you know? And if she wants to have kids, great. If she doesn't, great. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of other ways, like if I'm seeking that, um, that figure, there's a lot like the fatherly figure, there's a lot of other ways to get that. You know, I've, I've coached before I've, you know, I'm an uncle. I know that there's, there are ways that, uh, of course, nothing's, nothing's quite like being a father to kids, but there are, there are ways to get a similar, um, play a similar role in your life, I think. And you get to give them back at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah, something to be <laughs> something to be said, it seems, for that. But uh Yeah. Yeah. Something to be said for not being able to give them back at the end of the day too. So <laughs> Yeah, I think I mean like on the kids front, it's like, you know, right now we have Angel and I and we're designing our life to have so much freedom. And um that's having kids is a sacrifice and it's a choice and for a lot of people. And, um, I, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to make that choice. Uh, and I don't think Angel is either. We're still, my friend Emily has a saying that still applies to us at the moment. It might change, but she says, the only thing that I like more than kids is getting to do whatever I want with my life. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> or, or there's one that says, uh, if you want kids, go take a nap. If you enjoyed that nap, don't have kids. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, maybe to be continued on that particular topic. Most of all, Pete, I mean... Purple heart to you for just walking into this ambush and and handling it really well with a lot of a uh, lot of grace and class and you didn't just jump off the side of the boat so uh, man <laughs> you uh you earn a lot of points right now and angel that that was a mean thing you did and it just is proof how great Pete is that he <laughs> handled it with such such a plum uh, but wow uh, you put him on the hot seat for sure awesome thanks John. Good to see you guys. Enjoy the boat. We'll talk to you soon. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast and episode number one of what we are now calling Deep Dives with Angel because after we got done recording this conversation and I got done profusely apologizing to Pete, I told Angel the title that I had in mind and turns out she said she loved it. So there you go. Anyway, I want to say thanks to Angel and Pete for the great conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And if you do have questions for Angel, then again, you can DM them to her on her social channels or to us on our Blister channel, or you can submit them at info at blisterreview.com. Just put Ask Angel in the subject title. And then tomorrow on Blister, we will be publishing Pete's own open mic piece where he does not talk about marriage, but he does talk about kids a bit. And it's a fantastic piece, and you should definitely read that. That will drop on April 11th. Then on April 12th, over on our Crafted podcast, I have a phenomenal conversation 
with Ed Eisler, the founder of Jing Tea, which is a company that makes exceptional tea. And if you know anything about me, you know that Ed and I, we kind of have it out a bit about coffee and tea, and it's a really fun conversation. And I promise you are going to learn a ton about the history of tea and how that whole world works. Also, one other thing I should back up and say, our Off the Couch running podcast, well, this past week we had the great Courtney DeWalter on Off the Couch. Courtney is astonishing, an all-timer in terms of what she's done in the ultra-running world, and she's also one of the most fun people you will ever talk to or hear from, so I strongly encourage you to check out our off-the-couch conversation with Courtney DeWalter. Then Thursday the 13th, we have our Bikes and Big Ideas podcast, and then Friday the 14th, It's time for Gear 30, and that will be coming at you live from Alaska, and that's where I'm still going to be this coming Friday, in Girdwood, Alaska. So we got a very full slate on tap for you, as always. Check out these other great conversations. Check out the Blister Summit videos that we have been rolling out for more good conversations and a lot of incredible information for next year's gear. Man, we got a lot going on here. So hope you enjoy all of it, and I will talk to you again real soon.